to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, other and said, well, why would we come back? 
We don't need this building anymore. Next week we'll have our diplomas, which means everything in the world. And we've got the world before us. We were 18, or some of us almost 18, and we had all the answers. What more are you going to teach us? Thank you, Mr. Manley Shelf, but no, we have no desire to come back. We are ready. Now, jump ahead 30 years and how the mind changes. It was in, I do remember this really well, my last couple weeks of seminary. We had a, a class everybody was required to take. It's called Spiritual Practices. And our professor for my individual class uh, was out of town for the week. She had some conference um, out of state. And so the academic dean had requested to sit in with our class because he loved the class so much. So in our class, uh, it wasn't all final year students, but they intentionally mixed different grade levels, so to speak, in one room. So you have people at different levels of seminary together. And he sat there, Dr. Nesson, and he asked us how we were doing with all of the changes that were ahead of us. Because at each level of this process of seminary, there's always the next thing that you uh, are looking at to achieve um, to, that will add to your ministry. So at the end of your first year of seminary, you're get, generally getting ready for what's called clinical pastoral care, or CPE. That's our chaplaincy work. And so the first year students were speaking about their excitement of, of their CPE sites, where they were gonna be, all that they were expecting to happen, their fears, but overall, they were really pumped for CPE. The second year students, as they finish that year, are getting ready for their one year of internship. And they all had received their sites that they would be going to, the churches where they would be ministering. And so they were sitting around in our little class and they were talking about where they were going, what state, uh, they had met their supervisor and what their supervisor was like, a little bit about the congregation. They were really excited. And then it came to the final year students. There were four of us in the class. We sat quietly this whole time listening to the excitement in everybody else's voice. Dr. Nesson asked specifically, where are your heads at? It was this quiet. We looked at each other like, all right, who's going first? With a deep breath, I spoke into my current reality. I'm not going to use word for word because I remember the words I used, but there were a few expletives in it. I told him that this whole process was a load of you-know-what. The professors had signed off indicating they recommended us for ordination. Are you kidding? Our individual synods that have been supporting and encouraging us, they've recommended us for ordination. Kevin Anderson, the registrar, says that we've done all we need to do. We've got all the knowledge we need. And I looked at Dr. Nesson, 
and now I'm just to go and minister to the world? Are you kidding me? I'm nowhere near ready. I'm so ill-equipped to do something that is so huge. And remember, this was pre-COVID. Imagine where we would have been if we would have known. Sadly, my voice began to rise as I got more worked up. And I told the dean that I had little trust in the faculty because if they actually thought I was ready to do this, they were as naive as I was on my first day of seminary. This journey God is sending us on is more than I can handle. I was scared because this is huge. And I was afraid I was going to screw it up. And look how many people I will hurt because I'm just not prepared. I got done and I let out a deep sigh and then my brain kicked in. And I realized what I had just said in front of the people I had just said. And I quickly looked at Dr. Nesson, who was sitting like this in the beginning, and now he was leaning back in his chair with his arms crossed. And I apologized. And then I looked at the second, first and second year students, and their jaws were on the ground, and their eyes were really big. And I'm like, I'm really, really sorry. I said, I'm really excited for you, but I'm just under a little stress right now. And we sat there. And then one by one, my classmates began to speak. And I remember immediately thinking, please, please take this in a better place, please. And they began to agree with everything I said. There was a lot of excitement within us. But there seemed to be more unanswered questions, more concerns about the what ifs more concerned about where we were going to go, about the situations ahead of us. Who were these people that were going to trust us? And were they going to love us, love us as much as we were going to love them? But more than anything, my classmates also wondered if they had been taught enough to actually go into the world and do what they had been taught. The dean chose his words carefully, as I'm sure he was still a little scared of me at that moment. He knew that nothing he said at that moment would lessen, less our, lessen our worry and our anxiety. But he did remind us, we really had all we needed. The rest comes from God. And the truth is, I knew that. Kind of that's what made me scared. The rest comes from God, but am I going to hear God properly? Am I going to know what to do? The apostles gathered with Jesus for just, well, they didn't know, but one more little bit of encouragement, just a little more time. And Jesus says to them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all of Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. He tells them to share the good news with those who agree like him and them, 
but also the Samaritans whom they don't get along with, they don't trust the Samaritans, and to proclaim the good news of people they were, they'd never met before. Jesus says they have all the tools that they need to proclaim Jesus' name and the truth of who God is in the world. And with that, Jesus is gone. And I have to wonder if they felt like I did that last week of seminary. I'm sure they didn't feel the same way I did at the end of high school, and maybe that's a good thing. I wonder if they too felt little ill-prepared. There they sat with the reality of what's next. They can do one of two things. They can sit here and stay where they are and live in that fear, or they can go. But truthfully, there might be some fear there too. Please, let me say, my guess is you are where I was in high school, right? The world is before you. But there will be some times, whether it's in school or life experiences, when you will stop and take a deep breath before you move into that uncertainty. You will have to make decisions. Do you go left or do you go right? You wonder which way do you proceed? And I know those questions have been coming up, even down to which school do I go to? Like, what happens if, like, what if this is, maybe I should do this school? If you haven't heard it already, people are going to be spewing all the typical encouraging words to you in the days ahead. The world is at your fingertips. Your adventure awaits. The sky's the limit. The world's your oyster. Nothing can stop you. It's true. It's all great. And while there is truth in there, there is also a bunch of uncertainty. Because not everything will go as you planned. Not every rainbow has a pot of gold at the end of it. Because life is life. And there are always going to be bumps in the road. If you're in Wisconsin, there's a whole lot of bumps in the road. And sometimes there's going to be road construction as well. And detours appear, and you're going to have to go in a different direction. You may get lost, and your GPS may even take you into a lake. But Jesus never said to the apostles, you're on your own. Good luck. See ya. You are on the verge of something really big. Your life will change, and while you can look back, you can't and you shouldn't go back. Because God is sending you out with each of your individual gifts to make a difference. And while it might come in the form of your future career, it might also come in a simple form of your words and your actions. The best way to bring Jesus to the world is by meeting people where they are at and speaking of God's love and God's mercy to them and showing them the actions that are from God. 
Jesus showed us what that looks like. He stood with the outcasts. He fed the hungry. He clothed the naked. He cried with those who mourn. Trust me, it will be the easiest and the hardest thing you will ever do. But you've got this. Your parents have given you all of the tools that you need. Your friends, well, okay, most of the tools. Your friends have helped you become who you are. This place has helped you learn about who God is along with your family. But don't forget, God has always been with you and always will be with you. God's desire for you is to live into the person that God created you to be. A beloved child of God, sent into the world to be God's hands and feet. To show the world that light overcomes darkness and that love always wins over hate. Jesus said, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come to you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The sisters present here today, the Holy Spirit is here and is with and in you. So there, so all there is to know is to go out into the world and to let light, God's light and love shine because you guys have got this. Amen.